Welcome back to Spoiler Free Wrestling, everyone. And we're recording this January the 6th. And New Year's Dash and Wrestle Kingdom 13 are both in the books. Always a good time talking the very best in professional wrestling. And there is plenty to talk about this week, so let's get right to it. We've got a bit better of an idea of where New Japan Pro Wrestling is going to be headed to in 2019. But that's not to say that there aren't still many unanswered questions about what will happen in the promotion this year. Likely for many, one of the, the bigger questions is with is concerning whether members of the elite will be back in New Japan Pro Wrestling this year. Now, if you watched Wrestle Kingdom 13, you probably uh, picked up that not a single champion was able to successfully defend their title on the show. Every single wrestler that walked into the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom 13 left without their belt. And as bad of a night as the champions had, members of the elite had just about a night. Well, Cody lost his title. Kenny Omega lost his title. But not a single member of the elite won their match. They all lost on their way out, and then not a single one of them was on New Year's Dash. And if you were hoping that the Elite would continue in New Japan Pro Wrestling, this is probably not welcome news to you. Now, there was a report from Fumi Saito and Dave Meltzer had both said that All Elite Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and New Japan Pro Wrestling representatives were going to meet before New Year's Dash to talk about a possible resolution to the impasse that they are at, which is that members of the elite want to go work for Tony Khan and All Elite Wrestling. But New Japan Pro Wrestling has a policy about only bringing in guys who don't work for certain promotions. So if there's a wrestling promotion that has a, a TV deal... Um, is relatively well known in North America. Impact or New Japan Pro Wrestling won't use wrestlers from it, and we've seen this with Impact Wrestling, where there are reports that Johnny Impact Brian Cage wanted to work for New Japan Pro Wrestling. New Japan Pro Wrestling said no because of their relationship with Impact Wrestling and because of New Japan Pro Pro Wrestling's relationship with Ring of Honor. So, if All Elite Wrestling starts in 2019, which we're assuming it's going to. New Japan Pro Wrestling might say, okay, anybody who works for All Elite Wrestling, you can't come back and work for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And so even guys like Kota Ibushi, who's not under contract with any organization, if he goes and works for All Elite Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling might say, no, no. We don't work with people who work for Impact Wrestling or AAA or CMLL. Oh, no, they sorry, they do work for people with CMLL. Um, and, of course, New Japan Pro Wrestling has always said that they're very happy with their relationship with Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling just sold out Madison Square Garden, and they're going to be there this spring. 
However, Ring of Honor doesn't really sound as though they're that open to allowing their talent or um, allowing talent from All Elite Wrestling to also participate in their shows. And they are signing people to an exclusive contract. And that's not necessarily Joe Coff or any other Ring of Honor executives' decision. They're also owned by Sinclair Broadcasting, and Sinclair might decide we don't want to promote stars that are appearing on other television networks. So Ring of Honor might have no choice but to say that they can't enter into any type of talent-sharing arrangement with All Elite Wrestling or New Japan Pro Wrestling. But there was hope before New Year's Dash that these three promotions were going to meet and figure out some way for members of the elite to work for All Elite Wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling. But evidently, they were not able or decided not to include the elite at New Year's Dash, which is typically the show which helps... Um which helps introduce new storylines and a new direction for the promotion after most other directions had been concluded the night before at Wrestle Kingdom. Now, we might find out more about All Elite... Well, we will find out more about All Elite Wrestling on Tuesday night when the promotion holds a rally in Jacksonville. And Jacksonville is the... Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars and Tony Khan, and um, but it is but Tuesday is is also where WWE is hosting SmackDown in Jacksonville, so WWE will be nearby and will open their show just a couple hours after All Elite Wrestling completes their rally. But if you were hoping for the Elite's involvement. In New Japan Pro Wrestling storylines moving forward in the near future, I think you're out of luck because several new storylines were started for New Japan Pro Wrestling at New Year's Dash, and none of them involved members of the Elite. So between the Elite losing all their matches at the Tokyo Dome and not being on New Year's Dash, it looks like New Japan Pro Wrestling is moving forward without the Elite's involvement, at least for the time being. So of the new storylines that were developed at New Year's Dash or just after Wrestle Kingdom, likely the biggest news is that Jay White is going to challenge Hiroshi Tanahashi, the new IWGP heavyweight champion, will probably get a title match between the two on the New Beginning Tour. And... Judging by how Jay White did in the Tokyo Dome, I think you would have to consider him a real, like possibly the favorite to beat Tanahashi, even though Tanahashi has won two of three meetings between the two. Jay White defeated Kazuchika Okada in under 15 minutes in the Tokyo Dome and basically beat him clean. Gato got involved earlier in the match and had caused uh, some distractions, but the finish of the match was Jay White giving Kazuchika Okada the Blade Runner and Okada not kicking out. 
Jay White defeating Okada in under 15 minutes at the biggest show of the year, I think is significant. And remember, it wasn't that long ago that Kazuchika Okada beat Hiroshi Tanahashi in the main event of the Tokyo to solidify his spot as the top guy in New Japan Pro Wrestling. But 2018 saw Okada fall out of that spot. First, he lost the title in Osaka to Kenny Omega. And then he went on a losing streak, which saw him lose to Zack Sabre Jr., uh, at what might have been a Rev Pro show, might have been a New Japan show in the UK, but he lost to Zack Saber Jr. And then he started off the G1 with a loss to Jay White. And Okada would eventually come back to almost win his block, but. He would then lose a match that was for the G1 briefcase to Hiroshi Tanahashi, which then took him out of the running to be in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 13. So this was the first time in four years, five years, that Okada wasn't in the main event of the Tokyo Dome. And and not only that, this year he lost in under 15 minutes to Jay White, and now Jay White is the next in line to challenge Hiroshi Tanahashi. White didn't waste any time. He actually issued the challenge at the Wrestle Kingdom 13 post-match press conference while Hiroshi Tanahashi was being interviewed. And then the main event at New Year's Dash, it was Bullet Club versus the returning Yoshihashi, Kazuchika Okada, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. And again, Jay White and Bullet Club kept up their undefeated streak against Tanahashi and Okada when they team up. And then White closed the show by holding up the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and more or less proclaiming that Tanahashi can't beat him and that White's going to be the next champion. And he might. He might be the next champion. That could happen at the new beginning. I thought Tanahashi's win over over, uh, Kenny Omega in the Tokyo Dome was significant and told a a fantastic story. Hiroshi Tanahashi, the 42-year-old, who everybody had said time had passed by. It was no longer Tanahashi's time. Once Kazuchika Okada beat him in the main event of the Tokyo Dome, Tanahashi went from the ace of New Japan, although he'd keep the nickname, the ace of New Japan to the lovable veteran who was once the best wrestler in the world, but now is older and past his prime. And Harold May did an interview earlier in the year where he talked about what he feels fans like about a wrestling match and what he likes about a wrestling match. And I thought Harold May's answer to, or his comments in the interview earlier this year were very similar to what we saw happen in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 13. So Harold Mays said that he believes people enjoy watching wrestling matches because when they watch one of their heroes or someone they look up to have to overcome obstacles and and find something deep within themselves to rise up and find a strength they never had before. 
And so when you see your hero doing this and then they fight back to either win or lose but prove something in the loss, that this gives the fans motivation to find more courage and strength in their own life when they're dealing with problems. Um, if a fan, you know, who's watched Hiroshi Tanahashi get beat down and told he's too old and you can't do it anymore and Tanahashi digs down deep and finds some strength he didn't know he had before and is able to overcome adversity and win in the end. And so the idea is that this helps you in your life when you face a problem and you need to find some strength you ever had. So that was Harold May's explanation of why people watch wrestling. And that's what we saw in Hiroshi Tanahashi in this main event. This guy who everybody said didn't have it anymore. And Tanahashi said in his post-match interview that even he thought he didn't have what it took anymore to be on this level. And then, of course, there was the underlining theme of Hiroshi Tanahashi is representing New Japan pro wrestling style. And Kenny Omega was this is this flashy, arrogant, over the top style that that many fans of New Japan pro wrestling in Japan and outside of Japan have sort of created a bit of a backlash against that there's too much of this elite style or what some fans would refer to as westernized style. So Jay White and Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to be the next IWGP heavyweight title match. One can assume, and at least it looks that way. And it looks as though we have a new challenger for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship as well. Tatsuya Naito defeated Chris Jericho to win back the title that Jericho had taken from him earlier this year. But then at New Year's Dash, LIJ was taking on a Suzuki-Goon team, and the match started with Taichi hitting Naito in the head with a chair. The match would continue, and Taichi actually picked up the pin over Naito, and then said more or less through Chris Charlton's translations, that he wants a shot at the Intercontinental Championship. Now, Naito, you might remember, once almost destroyed the Intercontinental title. He said that New Japan had too many titles, and he started kind of picking away at it, like he'd break off a piece and, and, and so on. He'd break off a piece, and every match, the title was a little bit more destroyed, until finally he said, after the next match... The title belt will be no more, but he lost the title to, I believe it was Hiroshi Tanahashi. I could be wrong about that, though. He lost the title before he could destroy it. And then in the Wrestle Kingdom 13 press conference, uh, he was asked about his sketchy history with the title belt. And he said, well, you know, this title always finds a way back to me. It loves me. So maybe Naito might have a different attitude towards the title belt this time around. It also looks as though we've got new challengers for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. And some of you, myself included, were kind of hoping that the Gorillas of Destiny would get a rematch since they weren't pinned in the triple threat match at Wrestle Kingdom. 
But then backstage at New Year's Dash, Minaro Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. let it be known that they want a shot at Evil and Sonata. Zack Sabre Jr. and Minaro Suzuki. Um, of Suzuki Goon. And of course, Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Tomohiro Ishii, Ishii for the Rev Pro title at Wrestle Kingdom. It also looks like we've got our next challenger for Juice Robinson's IWGP United States Championship, and that is Beretta. Now, Beretta was scheduled to face Cody for the IWGP United States Championship at Global Wars Toronto, but Cody suffered a torn meniscus and pulled out of most bookings, uh, well, pulled out of all matches up until Final Battle and the Tokyo Dome. Now, when Cody pulled out of that match, Juice and Beretta match, uh, ended up wrestling instead, and Juice won. Now, Beretta issued the challenge to Juice at the Wrestle Kingdom 13 post-match press conference, and then Juice and David Finley would wrestle the best friends at New Year's Dash. And much like what happened during the World Tag League, or many times during the World Tag League, Chucky e. T kind of lost his head and got disqualified for using a chair. Beretta tried to calm down Chucky e. T, but Chucky e. T got loose, ran into the ring, and then delivered a pile driver onto a chair to Juice Robinson, who Beretta will likely be facing in a championship match, possibly on the New Beginning shows. So it's not hard to see what Chucky e. T's motivation was this time. I mean, he's pulled out chairs in numerous matches and gotten disqualified. And... But here, you could maybe think he was trying to soften up his best friend's future opponent. Now, Beretta didn't seem to act as though he wanted Chuck E.T. doing this, but I don't know. Something about Chuck E.T.'s actions at New Year's Dashes led me to believe that perhaps Beretta is kind of in on what he's doing. We'll see. A couple of other matches, uh, well, upcoming matches may have been set up at New Year's Dash as well. Yuji Nagata and Tomohiro Ishii got into a shoving match after a multi-person tag at New Year's Dash as well. And also, in that same match, Goto and, uh, Hiroki Goto and Jeff Cobb kind of got into a shoving match. So New Japan Pro Wrestling has plenty of matches to go to for the New Beginning Tour, and none of them involve the Elite. Now, Kota Ibushi's absence at New Year's Dash was explained. He was said to have suffered a concussion in his never openweight championship match with Will Ospreay, which, of course, Will Ospreay won. At the closing of this match, the final two moves, well, the second final move was Will Ospreay delivering this elbow to the back of Kota Ibushi's head. After that elbow, Ibushi goes dead weight. The referee checks on him, tells Osprey to back off. Osprey then appears to pick up a deadweight Kota Ibushi and gives him the Stormbreaker, pins him for the win. 
Ibushi is then carted off on a stretcher. We find out later that he suffered a concussion, but that it's not a serious concussion. And Will Ospreay goes on Twitter later and says, and this is paraphrasing, more or less, he he says, everybody always complained that all my flippy style wrestling was going to shorten my career. Well, I've changed my style up, and and basically he said, I'm going to shorten everybody else's career instead. And so the idea is that this elbow to the back of Ibushi's head, this is a move that Will Ospreay has in his arsenal, but other members of the Chaos faction, and this was relayed by Rocky Romero on commentary, that they've told Chaos, or Chaos members have told Will Ospreay, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that move. Maybe that move is going too far. You could really hurt somebody with that. And then at New Year's Dash, Osprey looked like he was going to give the move to Kushida, but then decided against it and just gave Kushida the Stormbreaker and got the pin. And so the idea is that, one, Will Osprey is more vicious, serious, and sadistic than the you know, happy flippy wrestler that we've known in the junior heavyweight division for so long. He's now in the heavyweight division. He wants to face the top heavyweights in the world. And he's got this move that he can break out at any time that could shorten or end careers. But we saw him decide not to give that move to Kushida at New Year's Dash after he did give the move to Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom and put the former never openweight champion on the shelf for an indefinite period of time. And who knows when we'll see Kota Ibushi back in New Japan Pro Wrestling. That all depends on what gets worked out with the whole All Elite Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and Ring of Honor hullabaloo that's going on behind the scenes. Hullabaloo is a funny word. The other big news from New Year's Dash that I wanted to make sure that I mentioned is that Yujiro Takahashi and Chase Owens are back in Bullet Club. And this... Couldn't make any more sense. So Chase Owens and Yujiro Takahashi were both attacked by the firing squad during the firing squad attack on the elite. And then Takahashi and Owens were both booked with the elite on New Japan Pro Wrestling tours. But they didn't act like they wanted to be with the elite. After the elite, announced that they were leaving Bullet Club. Chase Owens made a point of tweeting out Bullet Club for life. And Takahashi didn't seem to even notice that he had been booked with the elite as evidenced by some of his comments on being the elite. So Takahashi and Hangman Page were a team during the World Tag League. And so on being the elite, they do this scene where Takahashi, whose English is a little choppy, uh... (laughs) He asks Hangman Page, you know, what is with this elite? And am I am I supposed to be in the elite? And on the show, Hangman Page kind of is just is honest with him and said, well, that's not really up to me. And to be honest, we thought you guys would be booked with the Tongans. And then so at New Year's Dash, Takahashi and Owens interfered in the never six-man tag team championship match and allowed Bullet Club to pick up the win. They then put up the two-sweet signal to 
the rest of the Bullet Club members, and Tama Tonga looked like he he didn't want the others to accept Owens and Takahashi back into the group. But it's 2019, and Tama Tonga's a good guy now. So in, so he did an about face, turned around, and gave both guys a hug, and both Owens and Takahashi back in Bullet Club where they belong. Just a couple of other news items before we go. Major League Wrestling had a great show that aired on their YouTube channel this week. And they are building towards Super Fight at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia on February 2nd. They are building up this show to possibly be a... a, like a significant annual event. There's no, so far they haven't announced that there'll be a live special coming from it. So it looks like super fight is not going to have any aired matches unless they make a, a late announcement about, about that, which they could, but they have announced two big main events for this show. It's a double main event. The first main event, Tom Lawler is going to be challenging for the Major League Wrestling World Championship against Loki, and that's a match that they have been building up for some time now on Major League Wrestling programming on episodes of Fusion. And the second part of the double main event will be for the MLW Tag Team Championships when Pentagon and Phoenix defend against the Hart Foundation. I'm assuming it's Teddy Hart and Davy Boy Smith Jr. with Brian Pillman in their corner. But that is two big matches coming up on February 2nd for MLW. I won't give away the results from last night's episode or Friday night's episode of Fusion. Really good, though. The main event is a fantastic match between Teddy Hart and Pentagon Jr. Finally, our last bit of news. Impact Wrestling presents Homecoming tonight from the Asylum in Nashville, Tennessee. Impact Wrestling has been produced three, maybe four great pay-per-views in 2018. They really have not let down their audience on pay-per-view since the new management regime took over. Let's quickly just run down the card for you. We got Johnny Impact who won the Impact World Championship at Bound for Glory from Austin Aries. He will defend the title against the former X-Division champion who's cashing in option C, Brian Cage. That'll be a fantastic match. And also, it should be noted that Killer Cross lurks ominously in the background of this match. He's been telling Johnny Impact for the last couple of months on Impact Television that Johnny needs Cross watching his back. So we'll just see what happens there tonight. Will Johnny Impact need Killer Cross's help to keep his title when he takes on Brian Cage? Also for the Knockouts Championship, Tessa Blanchard will defend the title once again against Taya Valkyrie. They met for the title at Bound for Glory as well. Tessa Blanchard came out the winner in that match. There was some controversy at the end, however. Valkyrie gave Blanchard her road to Valhalla finish. However, the referee was out of position, putting away the ring apron that Tessa Blanchard had grabbed and brought into the ring. A subsequent rematch was ordered 
However, Tessa Blanchard got herself disqualified in that match, leading to this trilogy bout at Homecoming, which will also have Gail Kim serve as the special guest referee. Then Ultimate X returns to Impact Wrestling, and it will be used to determine the new Impact X Division champion, as Brian Cage cashed in Option C, so vacated the belt. And we'll have Ethan Page taking on Jake Crist, taking on Rich Swan, taking on Trey Miguel in the as the popular Ultimate X match returns. Then for the Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Champions, LAX, the longest reigning tag team champions in Impact history uh, in terms of accumulated days. Most days spent ch- as Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions. They'll take on Phoenix and Pentagon, the Lucha Brothers, who are already tag team champions in MLW. Then in a Monsters Ball match, we've seen Raven and Tommy Dreamer get involved in the buildup to this match. Eddie Edwards will take on Moose as their rivalry continues. Two matches were announced for the pay-per-view this week on Impact Wrestling Television. Willie Mack and Sammy Callahan will go one-on-one. And it was Sammy Callahan and OVE which prevented Willie Mack from earning entry into the Ultimate X match as OVE's interference allowed Jake Chris to uh, advance to that match instead. And also Jordan Grace will make her Impact Wrestling pay-per-view debut tonight as she teams with Kira Hogan to take on the dark and mysterious Allie and Sue Young. Of course, on the last Impact Wrestling pay-per-view, Allie traveled all the way to the undead realm and left her soul there. So, you know, basically anything can happen in Ali and Sue Young's programs uh, on Impact Wrestling pay-per-views. So it should be a good show. As I was saying, Impact Wrestling's pay-per-views in 2018 were fantastic. They'll get a chance to continue that trend in 2019 tonight. All right. Well, thanks very much, guys, for uh, listening to this episode, this podcast, which we're also putting up on YouTube. And don't forget, if you like this kind of long-form cor- uh, blah, blah, long form content, Hit the like button or the little uptick button. Share it. Do all the things on social media that help this show and this channel get spread to more people. Thanks very much, guys. I'm the iGuy from Spoiler Free Wrestling.